the other students are here. Some got left behind because the van was full. And what are you guys doing here today? Um, we are pounding bark to make a hale over here. Taylor Mai is like a lot of kids who grow up in Hawaii. She likes to be outside. So when her grades were suffering in elementary, her family thought maybe she should go somewhere else for high school. Somewhere she could work with her hands. It was super fun being near the local and seeing fish and connecting with people that I don't usually talk to in class. Taylor is a freshman at Keana Laahana, a Hawaiian-focused public charter school in Hilo. The local ia, or Hawaiian fish pond she's talking about, is called Honokea. Her class goes there almost every week to upkeep the ancient fishing area with her teachers from Hui Ho'olemaluo. The Keokaha coast is dotted with these ponds, but is also highly trafficked by visitors on tour buses and staying at oceanfront Airbnbs. So Taylor and her classmates... We've made signs for awareness to like not swim and the local with sunscreen on. But most of them talk about the local significance and its history. And it makes sense that people might mistake Honokea for just another lagoon or part of the beach. One passerby even thought it was a wading pool. Yeah, I didn't even know this, I didn't even know this existed. <laughs> I thought Hawaiians just grabbed a net and well, bam. Right. But that's not what they do. They were much more smarter than that. You're listening to Stemming the Tide from Honolulu Civil Beat. I'm your host, Ku'u Ka'uanoe. A local ia is a traditional Hawaiian fish pond. Back in the day, Hawaiians used these highly engineered systems to harvest fish. This is how fishermen provided not just for their families, but for their community, contributing to their ahupua'a. The most recent count of local ia was done in the 90s, and of the almost 500 identified, most of them were in disarray and inaccessible due to hundreds of years of neglect. Recently, the movement to restore these almost forgotten spaces has strengthened due to the work of community stewards. And besides the obstacles of access and funding, they face the modern-day challenge of climate change. In this episode, we learn about how sea level rise and increased rainfall could affect local ia in the islands, and how important water quality is, not just to the fish in the ponds, but the people who perpetuate this cultural practice. Great job. Grab one color off. You guys can start um, debarking, yeah? Taylor and her classmates are making a hale for their outdoor classroom with Hui Ho'ole Maluo. Kamala Anthony founded this nonprofit with her fellow classmates from UH Hilo, and she says it was fate that got her into this work. She and her team were actually helping to restore another fish pond down the street when they noticed that Honokea could use some love too. We used the scholarships and like the volunteer hours that we needed to put in for school to just like, okay, well, we'll just work on this. This is going to be our project, you know? And then it was like, oh, this looks like it could be our lifetime project. Kamala's love of local and interest in Limu led her to do a study on how climate change will affect the salinity of local ia. You see, there are a couple of different kinds of fish ponds depending on the kind of water it has. Whether a pond is saltwater, or freshwater, or even brackish, which is a mix of the two and the type that Honokea is, affects the type of limu or seaweed that practitioners will plant there. 
the mix of fresh and salt water actually creates sweet spots for limu to grow and, of course, attract fish. The saltier the water was, you'll find more different varieties or different varieties of limu, right? Um, and then in the more shallow regions, less variety of limu. And we learned from previous episodes of this podcast that diversity of limu leads to the sustainability of fish and resilience of the reef. If the water of a local is saltier from higher levels of seawater, what kind of limu will grow there and what kind of fish will come? Same thing for more freshwater. Increased rainfall means more groundwater coming to the local ia through freshwater springs, or punavai. Through this study, we get to understand different scenarios when we're presented with different circumstances. So knowing this about limu will help kia'i, also known as protectors, engineer an environment that's best for the fish. It all comes back to understanding water. Not only will higher temperatures affect the oxygen levels for fish in the ocean, but the kind of water that the fish will live in. I think water can teach you so much if you're open to learning. And I truly think it's looking to the water to be able to combat things like climate change. That's Sheree Kawahi. Before she became an aquaculture extension agent with Hawaii Sea Grant, she went to college with Kamala and worked on this study. She described how reading the water how it moves from Mauka to Makai, will also tell us where those sweet spots are in a loko. If we know that sea level is going to rise, right, does that sweet spot in the lokoia move more inland? Or if there's more rainfall or less rainfall, where does that sweet spot occur? Where is it going to move? If it's going to be too salty due to sea level rise, where are the punavai? And how can we, if, you, if I can say, unclog them, so that we can get more fresh water in those spaces. So sea level rise and increased rainfall affect the water in a local, which thus affects the limu that grows there and the fish that feed on that limu. But how do these changes also affect the practice of maintaining and restoring these ancient structures? Kamala says that kia'i local are constantly adapting to changes in the water and even rebuilding the rock walls enclosing a local, making them higher so big swells don't knock them out. Some think moving local more inland to better access the fresh water needed for those sweet spots might help, or even just expanding local ia as the sea level rises. Every local is unique, so it becomes a matter that's up to the community that cares for them. So it's a continuous mitigation of practices without even realizing that it's climate change, you know? It's like, okay, it's just what we have to do in order to to grow this fish, you know? (laughs) And not just to fish for their families, but to perpetuate a practice that so heavily relies on how balanced and abundant the environment is. The vision of Hui Ho'ole Maluo is thriving communities through thriving ecosystems. Your local ia is a reflection of your community. So if your local ia is thriving or it's momona, it's abundant, then that means that your community must be abundant as well. And for Kamala, this work is a no-brainer. It's just part of our responsibility, and it comes naturally for us to want that for other people around us. And students like Taylor understand that. It's more than just fishing. It's continuing a practice into modern times for... The next, 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 next generation. I think it's really great that we get to be out here and, you know, get back into our culture. 
If you liked this episode, head over to civilbeat.org slash podcasts. I'm your host, Ku'u Ka'uanoe. My editor is Nathan Eagle, and this episode was produced by April Estrelon. Stemming the Tide is supported by the Environmental Funders Group of the Hawaii Community Foundation, Marissa Fund of the Hawaii Community Foundation, and the Frost Family Foundation. To learn more about Civil Beat and our journalism, subscribe to our free morning email newsletter by texting CIVIL to 66866.